It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's a beautiful Monday afternoon in Las Vegas and live from Studio 31 inside City National Arena. This is Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick alongside Derek Anglin. Lots to discuss on the VGK front uh, after what has been uh, a first maybe challenging bump in the road for the Golden Knights this season. They head out on the road, a uh, four-game road trip that uh, starts in Columbus tonight. So we'll talk a little bit about the week that was and what's to come. Braden McNabb coming up on a milestone this evening in Columbus. Uh, we'll also introduce you to Justin Russo, who is the newest member of our VGK broadcast family, the uh, the new grad assistant edition. So he'll join us. Uh, let you get to know to him uh, get get to know him a little bit as well. Uh, Derek for the Golden Knights coming off a couple of losses and most recently against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and we heard Bruce Cassie after the game speak a little bit about. Uh, for the Golden Knights, certainly a challenge of the, of the schedule a little bit, the five games in a span of eight days, if I'm not mistaken, after the Vancouver loss. Um, but, but overall, you know, I think for the Golden Knights, there's an understanding that, you know, what, what goes up must come down a little bit to a degree. And for the Golden Knights, still points in six of their last ten. The Pacific Division may be feeling a little bit tighter because the Seattle Kraken are on a bit of a heater right now. Um, but, but overarchingly, you know, you, you got to watch a good portion of the Vancouver game where the Golden Knights stand right now. Yeah, I think um – you know they had such a good start, and you're expecting you know another 13 and two run like they did in the first 15 games. But I don't think it's possible, you know, to keep that momentum up. Everyone's trying to beat you. You're you're established as a top team in the division, and uh, you're gonna get the best from everyone. But uh, I agree with Bruce, um, you know, saying they they need some practice time to to fine tune some things. And you know, if if Bruce was here for three years, it might not be as much of a a big thing but uh you know he's still early on and um you know the first few games their first 15 games they had the practice time they were practicing what how they wanted to play and um you know maybe they've got away from that a little bit without the practice time and you know it's not getting drilled into your head every single practice and you're not, they're not going out and uh just playing the way they're supposed to play this year and um you know i thought against vancouver it kind of crept you know maybe you've seen a little bit of uh little more perimeter than you were the beginning uh, 15 games where they you know everything was at the net everyone was going there and um you just didn't see that uh, killer instinct and you know it's a, it's an easy thing to say the practice but uh you know it's still early with a new coach and the systems you know maybe they slip a little bit and that practice time gives you the time to fine tune them and get that back in your head and okay this is the way we need to play to win i know that after the uh, the vancouver loss a lot of the questions that bruce cassidy fielded regarded uh, or revolved around the penalty kill and okay the Vancouver Canucks scored three power play goals and, and pretty much right off the hop and fair enough you, you don't want that obviously but I, I look at those goals sometimes pucks go in and and there's never a, a game where a team gives up three power play goals and we'll just dismiss it in that fashion but the Besser deflection in front that's a shot from the perimeter by uh, Ekman Larson the uh, JT Miller goal is a shot from the perimeter for for me, the the problem with those penalty kills, it wasn't anything structurally based. It was more a matter of they lost a face off, and yeah. Vancouver turned it around quickly. Yeah, that's a huge thing when you can start start with the puck, ice it down, and make them come 200 feet and then get set up. It's a lot easier than you know losing a clean and you know it wasn't just losing a draw; it was losing a clean draw. Yeah. Um, you, you know you weren't tied up, giving your other guys time to get into to to places. It was just a clean draw. They're set up immediately and 
you know, they got the pucks to the net. They had guys right in front of uh, LT, and, um, you know, that's not always a great recipe, you know, d deflection in, shot uh, with traffic right in front of them. Uh, the third goal, the one-timer, that's a that's a great shot. Um, so um, definitely needs to be better, um, and it starts, like you said, with the face-off and, and trying to start with possession and get it 200 feet down the ice. Well, we have a little bit of Bruce Cassidy uh, audio rather than us break it down. Let's uh, let's respond to what the coach has to say. Let's hear where uh, Bruce Cassidy feels the VGK is right now. We gotta we gotta get ourselves righted here. Um, you know, not our best. The last two home games, even the Ottawa game, we you know we gave up some stuff that Logan made a lot of good saves. So we gotta tighten up away from the puck. That usually allows us to be good with the puck when we do that. So that was the message this morning. We we revisited some of our structure and our end how we can be better. Get out of um, our end quicker, and hopefully with puck possession, if not with some level of pace where we're stressing the other team with a, with a, a good chip out. Um, so that's what's been lacking, our, our first touch or first pass execution, and then you know being stronger on the puck if we do complete that pass. So um, that was the biggest message. Um, back on the road, it's been good to us. So um, sometimes it's easier to play. We're just rolling lines, um, and uh, off you go. And that's Bruce Cassidy. And, you know, what I think is interesting. He, he hearkens back to, you know, the need to tighten things up. But he even references the, the Ottawa victory as well, which the win over Ottawa, that was a 4-1 final. But if you look at the last, what I want to say is seven games, five of the last seven games, the Golden Knights have given up four goals or more. So despite the fact still winning, still putting point, points on the board, but they are giving up a little bit more than what we saw early on. And in the Vancouver game, the – uh, the Kuzmenko goal, the uh, even the Bo Horvat goal late in the second period. You know there was definitely uh, missed assignments in front, and maybe that's something that that as you referenced, practice time is valuable when things get a little bit scrambly in your own end. Yeah, for sure. Like like the practice time, you know, it's like I said, it's still early in Bruce's coaching career here in Vegas, and um, you know the more you can do his systems, the more it's going to just come second nature and. You know, it, it's probably there for the most part, but uh, if you're not uh, still running through it in practice and stuff, it can slip out a little bit, and maybe you're not, uh, instead of being right there, you're a foot away, and that's just not, not enough. So um, some practice time. I know they play tonight, and then they have two days off, so I'm sure they're going to have some practice time where they can fine-tune some, some things, work on some things, the PK, special teams, stuff like that, and, and just a defensive zone coverage. I think another thing that becomes a theme for the Golden Knights, uh, again, still first in the Pacific, it's the fact that this is the biggest bump in the road they've had so far. That's a pretty good road, I think most <laughs> most teams would say. But uh, the Pacific Division gets a little bit tighter. The Kraken have won five straight. They're playing very well. The Golden Knights just caught Vancouver when they're on the upswing. If you look at the Canucks on paper, you knew eventually they were going to play a little bit uh, better than what their record was showing, but there's a little bit of an element of what goes up must come down. You're not going to win 11 of 13 throughout the season, or if you are, you're going to be a team remembered forever. Yeah. So right now, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, regression back to the mean to some extent. Points in six of the last ten, nonetheless. But you hear Bruce Cassidy still challenging his team to respond, and it's good to challenge your team to respond when things are going either well or there's signs of, okay, here's something we can correct. And one of the things he brought up was this is a very young goaltending tandem in Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson that have played very, very well so far this season. But he said, okay, we've been getting up some goals lately. Uh, these are two young guys. We, we knew that they probably weren't going to play to the astronomical numbers that we saw to start the season. There was eventually going to be a little bit of a market correction. Yeah. 
how do they respond to that? And I thought that was that was interesting, not calling anyone to attention, but just saying, okay, hey, we, we're giving up more goals. We've got two young goaltenders. This is their first challenge. How do you guys respond to that challenge? I thought that was interesting that he, uh, in a calm manner, put that forth. Okay, young guys, let's see what you have. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, I think it's the second challenge because the first challenge was coming to camp and, sure. uh, you know, making the team and, um, you know, until just recently, you know, there was no starter. Uh, they're both, yeah, Logan played a little bit more, but, you know, Bruce came out and said he's the number one right now. And, um, you know, they have been playing phenomenally well. And, you know, I think a lot is the, nothing against the goalies or anything, but the system Bruce plays and how they played the first 15 games, they were playing very, very, very structurally, defensively, collapsing in front of the net, taking care of the pucks and stuff. And maybe they just got away from that a little bit. And, um, you know, like you said, everything that goes up comes down. But every... You know, you look at Vancouver, they started 0-5 and 2 or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and I didn't picture them down there. They got some high-end talent yeah. up front, and, um, you know, I, I, Demko's a great goalie. He's been struggling a little bit this year. The Martin's come, I think Martin, right? Uh, Spencer Martin, yeah. Came up, played really well, and, um, you know, I, I think the Pacific dish Division, you know, you throw away the start of it, is a lot tighter than... <laughs> Then a lot think, you know, San Jose, uh, LA's, LA's good. Edmonton, Calgary, they've, you know, up, down, who knows what they're going to, you're going to get out of them. But It was uh, never meant to be wide open, right? <laughs> no, it's it's a tight division. So, um, you know, I think you're seeing a lot more what it, everyone expected. Well, as we move, turn the page and the, the hockey to come again, the Golden Knights will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight at Nationwide Arena. Um you look at the, the great start that the Golden Knights have had to the season. A lot of it is built on what they did. They went out east, eastern, uh, out to Ontario, western New York, and Buffalo, and they, and they had a perfect road trip. Uh, and that included a stop in Washington as well. So not to say that you go on the road to uh, to get your mojo back because the mojo's not gone. But having said that, this is a Golden Knights team that's played exceptionally well on the road, and this might be an opportunity for them. Again, the, the Blue Jackets struggling a bit through the first a uh, month and a half of the season, but the rest of the trip stops in Pittsburgh is going to be tough. Detroit is going to be tough. This could be a very useful road trip to, to test their mettle and get back to that kind of structure that Bruce Cassidy wants to see. Yeah, the road has been great for them. You know, that last road trip was unbelievable. Um, you know, and I look at this, uh, there's some good, tough games. Columbus obviously struggling, but you go into Pittsburgh, Detroit's playing really well, and then you got the best team in the league, so there's no better way to finish out a road trip than and playing against one of the best in the league, and um, you know it has been good to him. And like Bruce said, uh, sometimes it's easier. You you don't have to think as much. Uh, there's no distractions outside. You're you're in the hotel room with the guys. You're you're having dinner. You're getting closer as a team. And sometimes you need that. And you say the best team in the league, of course, that's the Boston Bruins, and that's uh, the return to Boston for Bruce Cassidy. That'll be some. Uh so that'll be storylines galore for that one as well. For sure. Well, tonight a storyline is going to be uh, 600 career games for Braden McNabb on the back end. I believe we have audio from Braden McNabb as well. Let's hear what he thinks on the uh, contest to come. Did you know that it's game 600 for you tonight? Oh, I knew it was coming up. I didn't know it was tonight. I have to keep that down. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I knew it was coming up, but yeah, it's glad it's tonight, I guess. The majority of that has come as a Vegas Golden Knight. How do you think you've grown the most since being with this team? Yeah, a lot. I mean, it's thinking about the journey. It's it's been kind of a wild ride, a fun ride. Very, uh, you know, fortunate that it's worked out this way. And to be in the city, 
you know my family loves and could be home for a long time we hope so um, yeah it's it's been awesome journey and just uh, super happy that I was able to be be here. Derek, for the fans who may not know, a little bit of context. Uh, Ashley Weiss there telling Braden McNabb it's his 600th game. First of all, funny, last night uh, on the HSK side, Jake Bischoff had his 200th AHL game. We asked him on the air uh, how excited he was. It was the first he'd heard of it too. So while we all watch these these milestones, players aren't maybe always aware. I'm yeah. sure Phil Kessel knew 1,000 was coming. but maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a little different. Uh, yeah, it's uh... – you know, you know it's coming. You don't always. You're not following your stats, or not not everyone does, anyways. But uh, you know it's coming, and sometimes you try to squeak it under because it's money on the board. You know, that's goes, and that's what I was gonna say. The context of why yeah, Ashley Vice has to whisper about uh, it. Yeah, so it's expensive to, to keep, accomplish keep, things. Yeah, usually you put a dollar up for every game, or you know, if you want to go over that, but that's kind of like the minimum. You put it up, and it goes to team, team, you know, parties and uh, dinners and stuff like that. So it goes back to. You're going to use it anyways, so it's not a big deal, but it's, uh, you know, you get called out. And hopefully, usually I did, I, I'd get there really early and just put the money up on the board right away so no one makes you feel guilty and put right. more, more up. So, um, yeah, you just try to fly under the radar for that. You know, it was funny with the Silver Knights a couple of years ago, Patrick Brown had his 400th professional game. So I walked by and I said, hey, Patrick, congratulations on number 400. And I'm telling you, Every head in that locker room turned like I just threw a stake in the middle of a lion pit. They were like, we got him. Yeah. So you got to be subtle about those oh, things. Oh, yeah. But for Braden McNabb, it'll be 600 career games tonight against the Blue Jackets. Overarchingly for the Silver Knights, though, for Silver Knights, pardon me, for the Golden Knights, the way they've played, we're talking a lot about uh, the defensive structure right now, but you know, offensively they had opportunities early in that Vancouver game that they couldn't finish on. Uh, they had opportunities early against Seattle, but they couldn't sustain it. The, the chances are still there. Um, and, you know, we talked last time we sat here just a couple of weeks ago how well spread this offense was uh, in terms of multiple players contributing consistently. But right now for the Golden Knights heading into this road trip, they still have to feel pretty good about the chances that they're generating. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, Stoney, Steve-O, Stoney had two actually last game. Yeah. Um, you know, partial breakaway. Obviously, you'd like a little, little bit more time. You, you know, but uh, the two bl- point blank chances from uh, I think Eichel passed both of them to Stevo and uh, Stone. They're getting the chances. Not in. You're going to run into a goalie that's playing well or a game that the pucks aren't going in, and you just got to keep battling through that. And um, y- you know, uh, Vancouver played well. They they played really well offensively. They didn't give them a whole lot. Uh, in their zone after that first seven minutes, a, a little bit in the, you know, Vancouver had two shots and two goals in the second period at the yeah. beginning of it. So um, I think they are both power play goals too, right? So, you know, they were not giving them much except for the power play and uh, they were right off the draw. So, um, you know, it's, you're going to, you're not going to win them all. Right. You can't, you're, you're 13 and two to start or, and going, you haven't, you can't win them all. It's impossible now. So, uh, you're going to lose some. You're going to run into different uh, obstacles, and you just got to get through it as quick as possible and not let it snowball too much. Jack Eichel's over a point per game. Alex Petrangelo, Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, they're in that area too. So uh, certainly plenty of production and opportunity to open the floodgates a little bit against the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Well, Golden Knights fans, one of the best rivalries in all of sports is coming to the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson on Thursday, December 15th. The U.S. and Canadian national women's hockey teams have battled on Olympic and World Championship stages for decades, and now they're coming to the Las Vegas Valley. 
Visit thedollarloancenter.com, thedollarloancenter.com, and get your tickets to see the best in the world battle on December 15th at the DLC. We will step aside when we come back. We'll be joined by a new member of the VGK Broadcasting family, graduate assistant Justin Russo. We'll get to know him a little bit better. You're going to be hearing his voice throughout the winter, so best you hear it from him directly. That's straight ahead on Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Gold Knight fans, the Foley Food and Wine Society was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have an access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world and have exclusive opportunities to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today. Visit FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com, FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com. Com. Back inside Studio 31 at City National Arena, I am Brian McCormick. He is Derek Anglin, and joining us now in studio is Justin Russo, the new broadcast grad assistant for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is going to include a pretty significant on-air presence as well. If you follow the Silver Knights, you'll hear him throughout the season as our uh, studio host doing pre-intermission and post. Justin, welcome to the studio, and uh, welcome to the VGK. Thank you. Uh, so glad to be here on, on both ends of uh, things with Henderson and uh, with Vegas, and it's been fun getting integrated and kind of hopping on a, a couple of moving trains here as I started just a week, about a week or two after the season started, but it's been so fun so far, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. And a busy stretch, too. So I already said one of the hats you're going to wear, the on-air presence with the Silver Knights as the, uh, the studio host, but that's not the only hat you're wearing. So give the fans a, a total sense of what you're going to be doing. Uh, that way they can track your every move. Yeah, so as Brian mentioned, you know, I'll uh, <laughs> maybe not that closely, but uh, I'll be on the air for uh, Henderson on 12:30. The game you've probably already heard my voice if you tuned into a couple of the games already. I'm on the pregame show, intermission reports, and the postgame, so it's been fun getting to know some of the people on that side and, and going through some of the stuff in Henderson, and as well on the Vegas side, I'm helping out Dan Duva and Gary Lawless on the uh, broadcast there and cutting up some of their audio highlights from the broadcast and um, putting them on SoundCloud. So check out the VGK SoundCloud for uh, audio highlights from Dan and Gary. We're putting them up every night. They'll be up tonight after the Columbus game as well. So uh, some exclusive content there, maybe interviews, pro, uh, pregame intermission that you might have missed during the game or if you couldn't listen live. And uh, we're putting them all up for the fans there. So give us a sense also of uh, what led you to this moment, your broadcasting background. Anyone listening to the show right now can tell this is not the first couple of months you've worn a headset <laughs> before. So uh, how did the uh, the broadcaster, Justin Russo, grow into this role? Well, it all started right down the road at UNLV. Uh, started as a student radio broadcaster at UNLV doing UNLV's football games, uh, women's basketball games, baseball games, all, all the above. So... Uh, early all started there, KUNV Radio. i got to have a huge shout-out to them. They had a great uh, portion in my success there in terms of the broadcast that I've become. So, uh, yeah, that's where I started and just kind of worked off, off from there, done basically everything I can in terms of writing, broadcasting, and, and anything sports-wise that I've, I've been able to, to get my hands on, and that's kind of led to this moment. So you born here. We were talking yep. earlier. Um, it started with UNLV, and uh, now get to – be up here working for the Knights and uh, what does that mean to you you're born and raised here Vegas the Knights are born born in Vegas uh, you know it's the the team here and uh, what does that mean to you it's so special and we had talked briefly you know before we came on here that you know this town really there was nothing pro sports wise for the longest time and and when Vegas was able to get the hockey team get the Golden Knights here you know you weren't sure because hockey this isn't a traditional hockey market right you know we're in the desert there's not a lot of ice around here so when you looked at the market, you thought, oh, you know, how's the, how's the city going to take to the team? And it's just been so cool watching how the city has just grown and kind of made the team its own. 
And it's so awesome to, you know, from being from Vegas and watching the town grow, not only as a hockey town, but as a professional sports town, to now be a part of that and, and be a broadcaster with VGK. We're at Justin Russo, new broadcast grad assistant for the Vegas Golden Knights. I wonder what uh, your growth as a hockey fan is, because you, like you said, you grew up here, not tra- <coughs> traditional market, but anyone who's listened to you knows you're not learning on the fly. You know the game. So uh, you introduced yourself to hockey prior to the VGK coming to town. Yeah, I've, I've been watching hockey my whole life, basically. Um, <clears throat> as I was mentioning to Derek, you know, before we had a team, my both my parents are from Pittsburgh. So I was a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and I was able to watch Derek and all those guys over there. Um, of course, now on the VGK side of things. But, you know, I, I've been watching my whole life, and I, I just love the sport. I love the fast-paced intensity of it. And it just feels like there's action all the time. And that's kind of what drew me to it. And it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to be at the games now, you know, having a chance, even back in the day, going to the Wranglers games. Those games are so fun to go to. And now, of course, with uh, VGK and HSK both in town, uh, it's so fun. Uh, I really encourage you, if you haven't already been, I'm sure you have if you're listening to this show. But if you haven't, really go out to one of the games. They're really fun to watch. And, um, you know, it's just such a great experience live. I know firsthand how you came to be uh, a member of the VGK broadcast uh, family because, I helped get you on board, but I think your story is a great one for any aspiring young broadcaster who's just looking for a chance, looking for an opportunity to to put yourself out there, because one of the reasons you're here is because you went to a job fair and asserted yourself and put yourself in the mix. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Right across the street at the Las Vegas ballpark about six months ago, I went to a job fair, a bunch of the uh, local pro sports teams were hosting, and just handed out the resume. You know, you never know who's going to get it in their hands. And, of course, it ended up being Brian right here. And, you know, he was able to, to hook me up here with the, a role at HSK and VGK. So, yeah, just, just put yourself out there. Get yourself in the eyes of, of everyone that, that you might need, and um, good things will happen. And it did for me. You're going to make me look like a genius in the long run. <laughs> We're at Justin Russo, broadcast grad assistant for the VGK. You know I think is really fun about the position that you have in all of our grad assistants, but you get to be in the booth with Dan Duva and with Gary Lawless mm-hmm. and Derek and Darren. I mean, there's such a wealth of broadcasters here to, to learn from. But because of the work that you're doing, both in the editing sphere, but also on the HSK side as a studio host, I mean, you really get to immerse yourself in these teams. So just about going about your business, you, I mean, you're going to be probably the most – uh, one of the most educated VGK, HSK personalities in town because of how much hands-on experience you're going to have both with the broadcasters but also with the the information that goes into these games. And that's one of the things that attracted me so well to this position is because I get to be so closely with both teams. You know, obviously on a nightly basis I'm on the radio with Henderson, so I'm always watching those games, studying those games, and learning about those players and kind of the way they do things. But, of course, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm sitting right behind Dan Duva and Gary Lawless every game, so I get to hear them talk. I get to talk with them and kind of learn learn the trade, learn how they, they see things hockey-wise and pick up on things that they look at and they look for. And, and so, yeah, it's it's been really fun. Even as quickly as I've been here, like you said, I I'm feel really integrated with both of the teams, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm right in there. Do you like the studio stuff? Uh, I'm sure you don't dislike it, but you know, <laughs> you, you've got play-by-play background, too, some reporting background. You've done a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's all fun to me, but uh, my, I think my natural habitat's probably that play-by-play role. I, I love being live in the moment, you know, being at the games, just feeling the intensity of not only the players on the field and what's going on, but the crowd and just the whole live aspect of that really attracts me. As we all casually look over our shoulders in fear, uh, we're at Justin <laughs> Russo, the broadcast grad assistant of the VGK, and you know Derek, Justin said he's done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything. I mean that that goes beyond uh, football, basketball, hockey. You've 
You have an F1 podcast? Do I have that right, too? <laughs> that is correct. I do have an F1 podcast. Uh, I think we all had our, our quarantine pick, our quarantine hobby, and mine was watching F1 Drive to Survive, <laughs> the show on Netflix. So I started watching that, um, picked up F1. It's been a fun hobby for me to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm the crazy guy that gets up at 6 a.m. On, on Sundays when there's a race over in Europe and watches it, and it's just been real fun for me. I you know, I have love motorsports as well my whole life. Grew up watching NASCAR here and all that, so that's been another, another sport to add on to the list in terms of what I watch. Hey, Darren Millard, yours just perked up a little bit, right? Yeah. That's uh, great. I can't wait for the race next year. It's going to be, might be, you want to get there, but it might be one of those things oh, you yeah. want to watch on TV too, because it's going to be insane. Buy your binoculars yeah. now. Yeah. But it's going to be a great, uh, just like everything else, all the great events that are coming to Vegas, and uh, that includes the U.S. and Canadian women's national teams in Henderson uh, in a couple of weeks. A really fun time to be a sports fan in Vegas. Before we let you go, uh, Justin, again, you've been uh, you've been immersed now in, in VGK hockey for a couple of weeks. Let's let's throw you on the spot and just get a <laughs> sense of uh, this this upcoming road trip, the Gold, uh, Golden Knights in Columbus tonight. Uh, what's important against the Blue Jackets? Well, I, you know, as you were mentioning, it, it's really nice to have a road trip where you get to play some good teams. Obviously, Columbus down there near the bottom of the standings, but it could be a good reset game for them after that Vancouver game uh, last weekend where, and I think you brought up a great point, and, and I've heard, of course, Dan and Gary talk about this a lot too, is that they really paid a lot of attention to that defensive system that Bruce Cassidy brought in, and that was really all they focused on in training camp because they just wanted to get it down so badly, and things have started to kind of, you know, it hasn't really been the attention to detail that they've wanted lately. So I think getting back to that, just playing the defensive system, and we've seen it down at Henderson too. If you just play a defensive system, you, you do what you're supposed to do, Nothing has to be pretty. You just get pucks on net, and good things are going to happen. So I think that's a key for them. Just maybe simplify things. You have your Jack Eichels and Mark Stones that, of course, you're going to want to do flashy things and score a lot of goals. But at the end of the day, if you just play the right way, good things are going to happen. Well, Justin Russo, the newest member of our VGK broadcast and HSK broadcast team, knows what he's talking about, and you're going to hear his voice a lot this season. Justin, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for coming. That is Justin Russo, HSK studio host and VGK broadcast grad assistant. We're going to hop out. When we come back, we're going to throw it over to some NHL news and storylines. Brian McCormick, Derek Englund here with you. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, Golden Knights fans, ever wonder where you can get game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise? Well, look no further. VGK Authentics has got you covered. From game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys, owning something from your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so simple. Check out what VGK Authentics has to offer by visiting VegasTeamStore.com. VegasTeamStore.com. And is, uh, is it Cyber Monday Derek, it is, it is yes. cyber, and we're sitting here. Oh my I know, goodness! I gotta go order some Christmas presents. Vegas team store. I'm gonna see everyone thinks the laptop I have open in front of me. Those of you who are watching our stream, this is the, for research. No, this is for shopping. I'm way behind. At least you turn uh, the mute on this, this time. See, that was like three weeks ago. Hey, I bet everyone had forgotten. The last time I was here. Called out. All right. Phone, man. Yeah. All right, Derek. I'm about to riddle Saturday, you with NHL news and Saturday, notes. You can get me coming at you. <laughs> He's Derek Anglin. You probably know that. I'm Brian McCormick. This is Nighttime at Noon. Uh, great having Justin Russo on in our last segment, the new VGK broadcast assistant. Um, I'm looking off screen, Songy, Ryan. I mean, we got to get all the broad we got to get all the uh, the grad assistants in here at some point. It's all right. We'll get to grill one at a time, I suppose. Let's take a look at some uh, NHL news and notes. As mentioned, the uh, VGK start their road trip tonight in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. Uh, elsewhere around the NHL and uh, also Pacific on the uh, focus on the Western Conference as well. Uh, San Jose Sharks 
A uh, bit of a, a bump-and-go start to the season for them, of course, but now they have a little bit more complication in net as it looks like James Reimer, goaltender, is going to go to injured reserve. Aaron Dell was brought back up from the San Jose Barracuda, but uh, that's certainly a, a challenging stumbling block for the Bar- for the San Jose Sharks, uh, who, again, are trying to pick themselves up after a rough start. This isn't going to make it any easier. No, he's been playing great there the last couple of years. Uh, Reimer, you know, really holding them in games and, you know, in the... I don't want to say they were rebuilding, but they were retooling, I guess you could say. And um, last year, you, you know, he was standing on his head a lot of the games that we watched here and uh, at least giving him a chance to win. So that's a big loss for that team. A 9.03 save percentage for Reimer thus far this season. But again, uh, that's been under, under heavy duress. So that's going to be a challenge for the Sharks. And again, they brought Aaron Dell up from the Barracuda to fill that spot. Uh, moving along, Evan Rodriguez is uh, out with a lower body injury. It's going to be about a two-week absence for Evan Rodriguez, and that's going to be tough for Colorado. Yeah, he f- fills fills in for Kadri. They brought him in for that. Uh, you know, it's tough to fill Kadri's shoes, but uh, he's a player that plays kind of like similar. But uh, it's another big loss. They are a pretty deep team. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll find a way to to fill in for him for the two weeks, but he'll be missed too. And we say out for two weeks. That's uh, perhaps a little bit more on the optimistic side it could be as many as uh, as long as four weeks uh, before the avalanche have uh, evan rodriguez uh, at their disposal again evan rodriguez nine points in 18 games with the avalanche so far this season moving on down the list uh, the Lamaru twins, the Lamaru sisters, and Ryan Miller will be inducted into the 2022 USA Hockey Hall of Fame class. Uh, and I think for the uh, maybe the most recent generation of youngsters, some of their favorite U.S. Olympic memories probably come on the backs of those players. Ryan Miller, especially in 2010, uh, really the, the entire 2009-2010 season for, for Ryan Miller, NHL and international was yeah. outstanding, but that was one of the best goaltending seasons we've seen, including his performance in Vancouver. Yeah, he's uh, he's phenomenal. He's been, you know, right up there with the best for a lot of years, um, and he didn't always have the the best team in front of him. So uh, they've struggled a lot, uh, but he would uh, give him a chance to win, and definitely deserving of him. Uh, you know, playing him, great guy off the ice, and uh, deserves uh, that in- introduction into the USA Hockey Hall of Fame. Same with the Twins. They've been, you know, a staple for the Team USA for a long time. So uh, congratulations to them. That's Jocelyn and Monique. And, and you know, it's, uh, again, some of their, their Olympic performances. And there have been so many great uh, prominent names in the for the U.S. women's team. And, again, we're talking a lot about U.S. women's hockey and, and Canadian women's hockey for that matter as well because they're going to face off in the rivalry series at the Dial Loan Center on December 15th. So there's been a lot to talk about. But the Lamaru sisters, again, they're right up there with – Amanda Kessel, Hillary Knight, the, the iconic names of U.S. women's hockey of the last decade. Yeah, they've been, like I said, they're they're staple in, in, uh, for women's USA hockey, uh, women's hockey everywhere. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I won't even say just the U.S. You know, they're uh, well-known across the, the world, you know, wherever they're playing uh, internationally, uh, at the Olympics, uh, all that stuff. So uh, they're a big part of the Canada-U.S. rival for, for many, many years. So... Um, like I said, it's a it's, it's a great introduction in, induction. Sorry, not introduction. Induction into the <laughs> U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame for them. Moving on to the uh, the Central Division, and uh, I think another team that is maybe not right to say a surprise this year, but has gone off to a really really good start and caught lightning at the start of the season. The Dallas Stars have had a terrific start to the year. You know, part of that is uh, you know Jamie Ben has had a bit of a, a revitalization this season. 
but of course, if you're talking Dallas Stars, the conversation begins with Jason Robertson, and for good reason. He has just been explosive to start the year, 35 points in 22 games. He leads the league in goals. He's second in points. Uh, just a, a explosive start to the year for Jason Robertson. Yeah, he started off extremely strong, and he's only gotten better as as the seasons rolled on. You know, he wasn't. I want to say two weeks ago he wasn't in the top of the league in points or, or goals, and he's right up there right behind McDavid uh, in points, and that's tough to do. And, um, you, you know, everyone, he held out a little bit at the beginning of the year, and, uh, you know, it's paid off for both of them. Uh, he gets a long-term deal, and uh, they get the second-leading scorer in, uh, in the league right now, right behind McDavid, so not a bad trade off there. It's way too early to be having the MVP conversation, way too early, but that's why we have it now. It's... <laughs> I, I wonder to, to poke and prod. We get so trained on thinking of the same names every year for that race, and for good reason. Yeah. But you know you're going to have a McDavid conversation. You know you're going to have an Austin Matthews conversation. You might throw in if a goaltender has a year like Shesterkin had last year, although a goaltender winning is going to be very rare. Yeah. Regardless, we know who we expect to be talking about at the end. Right now, Jason Robertson, at this pace, if he stays it, he'll be in that conversation too. But has he kind of thrust himself into that conversation of you know, your, your elite playmakers? Oh, 100%. A goal scorer, too. He had 40... Well, he's got 18 goals in 22 games this year. He had 41, 41 and 74 last say, year. I was yeah. going to say 42, but I couldn't quite remember. But, uh, you know, 42, a young kid, um, not even in his prime yet. Uh, right. So um, it's fun to see. It's it, I, I like when someone comes out, of, not not out of nowhere, but uh, challenges those guys, you, you know, over the years. Ovechkins, Crosby's, you know, McDavid... McKinnon, Matthews, all those guys, and then you have a, you know, not, kind of your dark horse, but uh, you know he's making a name for himself, and he's going to be right up there with those guys uh, for years to come. I think it kind of makes the stars interesting as well. I don't know if what you kind of move on to the flashy new toy when you're looking at teams that uh, are favorites to win, and you know after last spring everyone thought, okay, well are the Rangers ready to make the next step in the East? And you realize it's not that easy, but. Yeah. I wonder if the last couple of years, if everyone thought, okay, the Oilers are on the rise, the VGK are always there, the Kings are, are through their youth movement, they're on the rise. Did you kind of feel like the Dallas Stars, Jamie Benz on the older uh, end of things, Tyler Sagan's not all that young anymore. Were they, Joe Pavelski, still productive, but not a young team? Yeah. You almost forget the fact that Haskinen is young, Ottinger is young, and now you've got Jason Robertson, who is among the best players in the league, and he is young. Does it kind of change the perception of where the now first place Dallas Stars are in the pecking order and what they're prepared to do this year uh, and what their list of priorities might be in the spring when they're looking to add rather than subtract. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they have the talent there. Their, their older guys have had some down years. Uh, you, you know, they've got uh, Jamie Benn and Sagan that, uh, you know, you'd like more production from, from but, uh, you know, so far, like you said, Jamie Benn's having a more productive season this year and, uh Sometimes it's change of uh, coach or, or you know, whatever it is, change something in the summer to, to just get you back to that. You know, William Carlson's a, a great example of that too. You know, just got back to what it was working the first year. And it, sometimes it's not even things on the ice. It's, just, you know, cutting your hair, you know, something like that just to get you back, give you just a little change. And um, like you said, they got Ottinger, who's already establishing himself as one of the best in the league. Uh, um you know, Robertson, uh, Heiskanen's uh, fun to watch. He's yeah. just effortless out there, and he's uh, he's a guy I think gets passed over as one of the top Ds in the league, and, and because of, you know, maybe he doesn't get as much 
recognition because he's in Dallas and not in a you know a Toronto or Montreal or something like that. So uh, they're going to be a, a tough team to play against. They got uh, some great young guys, some great older guys. Pavowski still plays at a he's a guy that you'd want on your team no matter who who who's who's he playing for. So. I'm going to get a lot of subtle jabs from Derek today. I'm going to get a haircut before we're on TV together next weekend. I, I need one, too. All right, fine. This we'll, weekend. It's we'll, this weekend. This weekend, right. We'll keep an eye on each other. It's Monday. Already. It's Monday. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on each other. But to, to, to the point that we're making for yeah. the, the Stars, again, Jamie Benn had 18 goals last year, 11 goals the year before. He's got 10 goals and 24 points in 22 games. Big uh, resurgence for the Dallas Stars captain. Moving forward. You know, it was it was uh, surreal, really, to see Borea Salming, who, of course, was suffering with ALS, died uh, last week at 71. Uh, but he was finally cleared to travel back to uh, to Toronto and to, to help celebrate the new Hockey Hall of Fame class and got just a, such a really a heart-wrenching uh, welcome from the Maple Leafs fans. You see how much it meant to Borea Salming. We lost him shortly after. But what a, what a surreal week. But also, as 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 sad and and uh, as sad as that, Borea Salming passed away. You can't help but just feel happy that he had that moment in yeah. Toronto to be appreciated like that. Before the, the timing almost seemed uh, like it, like there was a, a a hand from heaven that was kind of guiding the course of events. Yeah, almost, uh, you know, keep him there so he can ex- uh, experience that. And uh, you know, like you said, it's so special. And you know, you hear those interviews. Uh, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and then passing, you know, he touched a lot of people. Um, you know, Nylander spoke highly of him and, uh, you know, everyone in Toronto seemed to too. So for him to get the opportunity to travel there and, and be part of that and, you know, you don't want to say it just made his made his year and, uh, you know, it was great to see. It's something he really deserved. And, uh, and I think sometimes in an instance like that, the reaction of the person being honored tells you a lot. Yeah. Sometimes the reaction of the people standing around that person tells you a lot too. And just the, the Daryl Sittler helping Borea Salming raise his own arm so yeah. that he could salute the fans like that and just that you could tell Daryl Sittler knew too yeah. that this was a, a moment to be cherished and uh, that there may not be many more of them and it, that's the way it turned out. But uh, a salute to Borea Salming for a Hall of Fame career and a Hall of Fame life and glad that he got the the farewell that he deserved. No. Um, final note before we send it to break, uh, a little less uh, impactful, but Nashville's arena has been flooding. They are postponed for two games at Bridgestone Arena. Do you have the technical wherewithal and skill to throw on some overalls, go down there and fix the problem? Probably not. But Can I, you expedite the flood? I, I could help. <laughs> sure, I, I couldn't uh, speed it up or anything like that, but uh, I like to I like to hands-on work. It's, it's good, but uh, that would be out of my... Uh, I could cut the pipe and stuff like that. No big deal. But the welding, I'm not quite a good welder or anything like that. So, <laughs> You fix the pipe, I'll get lunch, and we'll All call right, it a day. Perfect. All right. Let's throw it to break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the VGK Reverse Retros, which we saw for the first time this past weekend. They glowed in the dark, and they glowed in our hearts. We'll talk about that. And the Henderson Silver Knights uh, with a win last night against the San Diego Gulls. Perhaps the right uh, momentum to spur them into lucky launch next weekend. We will discuss that straight ahead along with Derek Anglin. I'm Brian McCormick, and this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Final segment, Nighttime at Noon. Wrapping things up, Brian McCormick, Derek Anglin here with you. Golden Knights fans. Can't get enough of hockey? Well, come check out the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League playing at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Single game, group, and mini suite tickets for home games during the 2022-23 season are on sale now. 
Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259. That's 702-645-4259. Or visit hendersonsilverknights.com for more information today. And if you don't want to come down to the arena, we'll understand. You might want to just sit home on your couch and listen to Justin Russo, uh, who we got you all acquainted with earlier this afternoon. And apparently, according to our uh, other grad assistant team, Ryan and Sangi, he's blowing up the Internet. Is that true? They're nodding yes, so thank you, Justin, for destroying the Internet with your uh, just warm and inviting presence. Uh, along with Derek Anglin, Brian McCormick here with you, wrapping things up uh, on nighttime at noon. You know what we haven't talked about yet, Derek? Uh, the fashion statement that blew up the Internet last week. The Internet's in shambles. It is. Um, the, uh, the reverse retros for the VGK, the glow-in-the-darks, the first time they were worn, uh, they looked good on screen they looked good in arena and they got pretty good reviews around the uh the hockey fashion world yeah i think they're great um you know vegas has done everything differently and uh it's no different with the jerseys them glowing it's you know throwback to vegas and you know the neon museum and all the lights and everything so i thought it's great it turned out great uh could be my favorite jersey actually now the, the the thing we need to now work on and try to get the uh, the league to play along with is will they let us play a game in the dark? Find another team to get glow in the dark jerseys too. We'll make the puck glow in the dark. The post can glow in the dark. And we'll just play in the dark. That's what this jersey. This is the first blow struck for nighttime hockey. Yeah, that might be a little bit different, diff, difficult. You don't want to hitch yourself to this wagon, do you? Yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't want to. Uh, maybe a shinny hockey game, but. Uh, yeah, no, that, that could be dangerous. I mean, the next challenge Some for, liber liberties would be taken out there for sure. The next challenge for Eric Tosi's crew, glow-in-the-dark night. Uh, but the jerseys look terrific. I'll tell you what, what other team could pull off the glow-in-the-dark as well as the VGK? Who? It's a copycat league, and the, the VGK have started a lot of trends that other teams yeah. have uh, have adopted. Who Who should be the next one to take that plunge? Well, it would be easy to say Seattle just because they're kind of – following in our foot you know Fair. type but uh i do remember i don't know if it was bishop or uh who in tampa bay had a glowing helmet though at the end of my career one of them did bishop or um who's there right now i'm coming up blank um vasilevsky's there right vasilevsky. now yeah one of them had a glowing helmet and it glue or glow, glowed uh, when they came out and that's a good choice. That's yeah. a good choice especially because everything tampa, is so you know electrical it, that, that would work it's a good fan base there too and that enormous screens yeah. like that. I think I, I'd go with Tampa. And that's they, a, they did have a glowing uh, goaltender's helmet. That's a good choice. That's probably a better recommendation than mine. I was thinking if if, if Calgary were to bring back, uh, what they name uh, Blasty the horse, the, the horse uh, head with the... The, the, the horse head that had the flames that come out of the nose, that third jersey that they had back in the Aginla oh. era. I think Blasty is what they call him. But I don't, I don't know. know. Bring him back and have the orange glow in the dark. That would be my recommendation. That but could be. A, uh, again, we'll leave those to the marketing yeah, people above our heads. Not, that's above my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Over to the uh, the AHL side, Henderson Silver Knights with a 5-2 win yesterday against the San Diego Gulls. Bit of a breakout for them offensively. Spencer Fu had a couple of goals. Uh, for the Silver Knights, they're now going to have six of their next nine uh, played on home ice. They're at the bottom of the league now trying to climb their way up. This is a very important month for them to start making some moves. Yeah, it's a big win too. San Diego's a, a good team in the league, uh, you know, so uh, it's a huge win for them. And, um, you know, six of nine at home, you got to, you know, that Christmas time ish area is kind of where you want to 
be at least in the middle of the pack. So if they can string, you know, go six and three or something like that, uh, that'd be a good stretch going into uh, the new year. And going into Lucky Launch next weekend, Lucky Launch uh, presented by Sam and Ash. Uh, for those unfamiliar and weren't with us last year, Lucky Launch is the Silver Knights' take on the Teddy Bear Toss. So they're going to play the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And when the Silver Knights score their first goal, fans are encouraged to throw the teddy bears that they've brought with them. You can bring more than one, bring as many as you as you like, um, and throw those onto the ice, and those will be collected uh, for local charities. It's going to benefit uh, Toys for Tots and a couple of, uh, pardon me, to- Toys for Tots, the Salvation Army, and the Equality Center. Those are the three organizations that will benefit. And, Derek, you and I will both be there because that's going to be a game that's t- uh, televised as well. Yeah, I'll be the uh, first time doing doing color with you and uh well first time doing color period so uh i'm looking forward to that it'll be something new and uh you know i remember playing a lot of these teddy bear games in early in my career and you know it was fun to see you just kind of waited and waited for that first goal to go in and then it was just they rained down i know and played a couple of them in philadelphia and they'd go to the big big rink and that thing was just you know, foot yeah. deep in stuffed animals. So it's it's pretty cool to see, and it goes to a great cause, and especially this time of year. That'll be a 7 o'clock uh, puck drop on Saturday, December 3rd, against the Coachella Valley Firebirds. This Friday and Saturday, the first visit for Coachella Valley to uh, the Dollar Loan Center. So you get to, to see a new team as well, and that'll be televised on MyLVTV. You mentioned the uh, the teddy bear tosses you've taken part on uh, in the past. Uh, you're just waiting for that first goal Two questions. I'm sure you don't want the, you don't want to wait too long. You don't yeah. want that hanging over your head because the players, I'm sure, they're aware of the uh, the consequences of who scores first. But I also wonder. We talked about money on the board earlier. Is there any kind of competition within the locker room? Who's going to score the goal that uh, unleashes a thousand teddy bears, or well, hopefully ten thousand teddy bears? But is, is there yeah. any competition of who's going to get that done? No, not really. I, like you say, you just want it done earlier than later. You, you know, you don't want to be getting into the second, third period before you score. You know, that's usually not a good recipe for a win anyways, but uh, the sooner you can get it done, then you can just keep rolling with the game and uh, get it over with because there is that, you know, if there's 10,000 teddy bears on there, it's a long uh, long wait to get them all off. So you want to get it out early and uh, then keep rolling. Well, we highly recommend that you join us in person at Dog Loan Center for Lucky Launch, but if you can't, join us on MyLV TV. Derek and I will be on the call. You can throw your teddy bears at your TV. Final thoughts for tonight, the Golden Knights taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. What is critical? I uh, just like Justin said, I think just get back to the back to their game. You know, simplify things and uh, just take care of the front of the net. And they got enough skill that they're going to score goals. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, again, it starts in Columbus and then the uh, road trip continues as they go to Pittsburgh, Detroit, and to Boston as well. So that'll wrap it up. Special thanks to Justin Russo for joining us on the program. Tune in at 4 o'clock this afternoon for the VGK Insider Show and the Golden Knights tonight in Columbus. This has been Nighttime at Noon. Brian McCormick and Derek Anglin here with you.